And welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Delzell and myself, Son Edom, sit at the crossroads of faith and pop culture and talk about the issues that are facing society from a biblical perspective. And Dan, one of the things that tends to be coming up is this adapting to a modern society. And what I mean by that is, you know, growing up, the church never really had to face social issues as they do today. The popularity or the moving into the mainstream of society of issues such as LGBT, such as uh, racial issues, such as all that stuff, the church now has to respond. And then there's the balance between what people presume as being a popular pastor and having to keep the masses of minions pleased versus maybe upsetting the apple cart and preaching exactly what the Bible says. And so one example of that is Andy Stanley, who recently, I guess at some point recently, came out with some comments talking about how the faith of LGBT people are is stronger in the church mm-hmm. than most of his congregation or, or Christians. I guess he compared LGBT the faith of LGBT in the church, compared that to Christians in the church, non-LGBT, and uh, made some comments that have now ruffled a few feathers. And so I want to play the clip off the the top here so that we can get right to the heart of the matter so that we're not putting words in his mouth, but he can actually speak for himself, and I thought we could start the conversation based on what he had to say. Great. Figure out how to get straight people as excited about serving and engaging as the gay men and women I know, we would have a volunteer backlog. That's my experience in our churches. Well, I, I'm a gay person, I'll just read it to you. A gay person, when I say gay men and women, okay, a gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. A gay person who knows, you know what? I might not be accepted here, but I'm going to try it anyway. Have you ever done that as a straight person? Where do you go that you're not sure you're going to be accepted and you go over and over and over and over? Only your in-law's house. That's the only place you go where you know you're not completely accepted, but you go over and over and over and it's because you have to. But other than the in-laws, what environment do you continue to step foot in knowing at any moment you may feel ostracized? No place. I'm telling you, the gay men and women who grew up in church and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults who want to participate in our church, oh my goodness. I know 1 Corinthians 6 and I know Leviticus and I know Romans 1. It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff. But just, oh my goodness, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father, who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. God said no, and they still love God. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who wanna worship with us. And I know the verses, I know the clobber passages, right? We gotta figure this out, and you know what? I think you are. Okay, a couple quick things, and then I want to get your comments on it. Um, first of all, the thing that stands out to me is, you know, ser- when he mentioned serving in the church, um, not really sure 
what capacity, if there are LGBT people in his church, for example, that are serving. So that was one thing that kind of stood out to me. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is, obviously, if people are feeling ostracized in the church, that's obviously wrong. That's where people should be welcome, no matter what sin or baggage they carry with them. Um, they should all be welcomed in the church. And then going from there, it goes back to that serving thing, which I would question. Um, I'm not really sure what he talks about cry of the heart and God not answering that. Um, I'm really not sure what he's talking about there. But it's this whole thing about, yeah, the, the church should be open to anybody and everybody because that is where we should be because we're all sinful. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all need to be in communion with others. And so the whole idea, I think he misses the boat on a couple things. In one, ostracizing, well, he should preach, you know, people got to preach that acceptance is okay with them coming to church, accepting their sins, a different story. But serving in the church, too, that was something that was kind of a red flag for me because it's like, are they serving in the church? What capacity? And should they be serving in the church? Because how can somebody in today's society be practicing, especially if it's practicing, how can you practice a lifestyle, practice a an active lifestyle that is opposite or contrary to what the Bible talks about? Yeah, you know, son, I, I think that Andy Stanley did a real disservice to everyone in his church and everyone who would even listen to that clip and try to make sense of what he's talking about. Uh, I think he did a real disservice on multiple levels. The, the biggest of which I think is it's very difficult to, to know exactly what he is saying. So that's going to be confusing for, um, for anybody who's trying to decipher uh, this language. Um, for example, um, there are uh, churches today that are known as affirming churches, uh, or maybe they take another uh, title like uh, reconciling church, or different names are used by different churches. But basically, um, what what these churches that I'm referring here to here, uh, what what they say, son, is that they they believe that um, that that gay behavior is no longer sinful. Um, some of them probably wouldn't even say no longer. Some of them would probably say, well, they, they don't think it ever has been sinful for, for two men or two women to engage in sexual relations if they're, you know, faithful to one another. But, but regardless of that, whether they would say it's no longer sinful or it's, it's not, it's never been sinful. Um, you know, there are churches that do that. And, um, you know, many, 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 uh, Christians, um, well, at least certainly those who know the Bible and believe what the Bible says about sin and grace see that the Bible clearly identifies things like gossip, lying, stealing, fornication, adultery, homosexual behavior, um, that these are, these are sinful in God's eyes. Um, and we're all sinners. So, you know, we, we, we shouldn't single out a sin and, oh, well, you know, you're a, you steal things. You're a bigger sinner or you commit adultery or, or, um, you're envious 
or you gossip. I mean, it's not our job to point fingers at, at people. It's not our job to, to judge anyone. It's not our job to uh, ostracize. So, I mean, just like you said a moment ago, son, I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of a given. I mean, Christians shouldn't ostracize anybody. But we need to be clear um, for the sake of, of a person's soul and their relationship with God. Um, and, and, and for churches that believe that the Bible is, is clear on this and teaches this, um, this is not a minor issue. Uh, it would be it would be very comparable to if Andy Stanley was saying, um, you know, those of you who are engaged in adultery, um, you know, you you've really done a great job to just not give up on God. Um, I, I mean, that, well, and, and then and then to to praise that basically that behavior rather than to preach the word and let the word identify sin and then call people to repentance. Don't single out particular sins, you know, as being worse than because that's not the case, but by the same token, um, don't just merge your views with the culture because of course the culture uh, preaches the message that homosexual behavior is is no more sinful than a man and a woman who are married uh, and having a sexual relationship. And that's the culture. But but Christian churches have been given the Bible uh, to uh, to preach and to teach. So I think Andy Stanley did a real disservice because he was very unclear. I mean that that bit about well you know. When, when these folks were 12 or 13 and they cried out to God and God said no, and boy, and they're still hanging in there with God. It's like, well, okay, so what are you saying there, Andy? Some people think maybe he was saying that um, that God, it was like God was saying, no, I'm not going to change your desires. I mean, I don't know if that's what he meant, um, but God does change people's desires. Uh, it doesn't mean it's easy, um, but but there 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 are people. I mean, go go to the website Changed uh, Movement, Changed Movement. Um, these are a group of people who left. They say it right there on their homepage of the website. We left the LGBTQ uh, plus whatever they call it life or whatever because we wanted to. And, and, and it's a, it's a list of people who say we love Jesus and, you know, they're not, they're not like pointing the finger at anybody. They're saying we used to live the LGBTQ plus life because that's what we were convinced, uh, we were given to do and it was fine to do. And, and, but, but they were led by the Holy spirit to leave, which is by the way, a message the world hates. I mean, the world, does not want to know anybody that's been changed by the grace of Jesus Christ, especially if you've left um, sexual sin. But but especially if your sexual sin was of the LGBTQ plus uh, variety. Um, you know, you, you can leave adultery, you can leave fornication, you know, the world won't get all, all upset about that. But if you start talking about having left the LGBTQ plus lifestyle, um, then the world's like, no, you can't talk about that. Um, because they don't want people to know that there are people leaving it. There are people who are saying no to those desires because they've become convinced that the Bible says that's sinful to give into that. 
Um, so I think Andy Stanley did a huge disservice. Um, and, and the other thing, Simon, when he talks about like, you know, all these people he knows who love Jesus. Well, it sounds like what he's saying then, son, is that in his mind, um, gay behavior is not a sin. Because he's saying you can love Jesus. I mean, otherwise it's like be clear. Say what, you know, um, what Christians say who believe the Bible on this issue. Be clear and and say that, you know, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So that would be about, you know, dealing with gossip and lying and lust and fornication and adultery and homosexual behavior and stealing and all the rest. But you can't talk about loving Jesus biblically if you are just giving in to something the Bible says is sinful, even if you don't know that it's sinful. Now, Andy Stanley should know better. Um, he grew up in a church that taught him better than that. But one thing I maybe we'll get into, and then I'll leave it at that here, Sandra. Now, but you know, we we've talked before, and it's been in the news a lot. I mean, Andy Stanley seems to have a very low view of Scripture, and that's at the root of this. Um, you know, he he basically came out in the last couple years and pretty much wanted to unhitch the Old Testament, you know, from from, you know, Christian teaching today. We don't really need that in his mind. You know, we just need to talk about Jesus's death and resurrection, which I would certainly agree is, is at the heart of our faith. No doubt about it. But when you have a low view of Scripture like he seems to have. You can easily side with the culture on something as um, prominent today as uh, sexuality. And you've got churches, you know, you've got churches that have like um, just totally caved on this issue. They say it's no longer sinful. Um, Well, that's not what the Bible says. Uh, the Bible's never said that. The Bible will never say that. That doesn't mean that, you know, gay behavior is a bigger sin than fornication or adultery. But if we're gonna if we're gonna relabel any of these as no longer sinful, um <laughs> You know, we're, we're going to be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble. So anyway, son, uh, I didn't mean to go quite that long there. But, yeah, those are a few of my, my thoughts, I guess, as we get started here today on, on Andy Stanley's really troubling and confusing and disappointing comments. You know, there's some other comments that he mentioned that he kind of backtracked on that left some people with the same kind of confused uh, expressions. But it was talking about, I don't know if you heard that, when you unhitch yourself from the Old Testament – and so, mm-hmm. and so he had to go back and kind of, um, you know, backtrack and, and clarify. And so, but, right. the, but, but it comes to this in this world that is a confused world. I mean, saying this is absolutely working and winning a lot of hearts over because you've got the influences of social media. I've seen many, many videos. Now, again, my social media is bizarre because it will literally bombard me in cycles. One minute I'm like bombarded, like, with animal uh, videos, okay? And so for a period of time, I'm just bombarded with animal videos, you know, pandas, gorillas, you know, hamsters, whatever. And I don't even know why, but algorithms, whatever. Then next thing, you know, it'll be like, I'm bombarded with like scantily clad women. And I'm like, what does this Mm -hmm. come from? And so then I'm just, I'm just bombarded lately. And I shared a couple videos with you. I'm literally bombarded scroll after scroll with, people talking Bible and God. Um, oh. Now, 
it's like someone's doing a, a study of their own and they get excited about something and they come on and they share. Then there's a, another one that like heard something from another pastor or whatever and then they want to share. But the point is, when you have social media, and I just saw this the other day, you know, most people get their news off of TikTok and Twitter uh, mm-hmm. for the source of news. According to the social experiment, which is a documentary on Netflix, some of the people that started this social media um, speak out against it. Uh, lies or misinformation, as they call it, spread six times faster on Twitter before the truth. Um, so the lies out there well before the truth. Um, anyways, so if people are going to these sources, okay, and listening and learning, and then you read the comments, and everyone's like, because I am completely of the impression that if you just throw anything out there in the name of God, everyone's just going to accept it and be like, oh, yeah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, yay, God, without mm-hmm. even backing, you know, checking the Bible, without checking Scripture, maybe without checking credible sources. And so you get this kind of confusion from just the mainstream when they're looking on social media, um, you know, and, and it could be anything. I mean, it literally could go from the lineage of the scriptures in Genesis and Matthew to, you know, some serious theological things like the forgiveness of sin and salvation and, and you know, where's the, where's the devil today? But then you've got someone that's prominent as Andy Stanley, who should know better, comes out and makes confusing statements. You've got other pastors coming out and supporting supposedly or not denouncing, you know, certain behaviors and activity that activity that are explicit in the Bible, no matter what it is. I think it starts to, and we talked about it with Amy Grant, you know, she came out in support of having her what nieces, you know, gay wedding. And so that gave justification to her fans that were gay to be like, oh, Amy Grant affirmed my lifestyle. So therefore I'm going to continue in this lifestyle. And it's like these yeah. prominent people are not only causing confusion, but they're promoting and they're actually allowing people to be validated in their sinful lifestyle by what they say and what they do in the mainstream. And I think part of it's because they don't want to ruffle the feathers because they want their followings and their popularity to continue to grow because it means money and other yeah. stuff. Yeah, no doubt about it, son. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you just kind of have to cringe when you listen to Andy Stanley. They're just pandering to the gay community. It's like, okay, Andy, um, be clear in what you're saying. If, if you no longer believe that gay behavior is sinful, then just come out and say that. Um, and the Christians who know the Bible are going to reject that. And those who side with the culture on on sexuality issues and who feel that uh, adultery and or fornication and or gay behavior um, are, you know, legitimate expressions of ways you can love God. OK, they're going to they're going to like what you're saying. They're going to agree with what you're saying. Um, but be clear, Andy. And what's interesting, son, is that the liberal denominations that have a low view of Scripture are dying. Um, the churches that preach the word with love and grace, preach the truth of God with compassion um, for change, um, they're reaching people. They're, they're changing lives um, because the message is rooted in the Bible, which is true, not in man's feelings, not in man's strongest sexual desires, whatever those might be. Well, because we live in a culture that says whatever your strongest desire is, it's got to be fine. Otherwise, you wouldn't feel that way. 
Um, and, and the gospel of self-esteem is the gospel of our culture. Um, the good news of our culture is that you can never have a bad feeling. Um, the good news of the culture is that you, you can never tell someone else that what they're doing is, is anything but, but fine and good and acceptable because that would be judging them. That would be hating on them. That would be intolerant. Um, and, and there's no room in, in that sort of, um, ideology for, uh, for the Bible. And so it's not going to be accepted by people who, who make that their, their religion. Um, the gospel of self-esteem, and that's your religion. Um, the, goal, the, the gospel of universalism, that all roads lead to heaven. You know, Bible blows that out of the water. And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus didn't say it would be easy to, to live the Christian life. Now, we don't understand, son, why maybe one or two percent of people um, have have gay feelings, same sex attraction. We don't understand that, um, but it's not something that God gives to a person. Um, God does not cause a person to have those feelings any more than a person with those feelings chooses to have those feelings. Okay. Now you, you, you get to choose what you're going to do with that, but I don't think somebody wakes up one day and like, Oh, I, I really want to have, you know, gay feelings. Although I do think son today, there are people who are really opening up the door to that, uh, especially among the younger generation that would feel so much peer pressure to identify as as just a uh, a heterosexual. Um, there are a lot of young people, for whatever reason, that, that feel pressure um, to to identify as something else. And it's interesting because the statistical um, reality of of the number of people now, I think it's something like maybe seven percent of. Um, of, of one age group now, one young age group, uh, it had been 4% just a few years ago. Now it's up to 7% identify as LGBTQ. And, and I wonder, son, how many of those are, are saying that on an anonymous survey because they don't want to be ostracized? I mean, for the same reason that, that some conservatives don't answer political surveys honestly because they're, they're worried about it being used against them on their job or among their friends or whatever, okay? You can only imagine how many of these young people who are checking the LGBTQ plus box, how many of them are just doing that be because they want to be accepted and they've it's, it's been so beat into them by the culture that this is good. This is right. You got to beat this drum. You got to, you got to get, get on board with this and, and they feel pressure. Uh, and it's sad because you've got those then who dabble with this who get hooked on it. I mean, Katy Perry said, I kissed a girl and I liked it. So what is she encouraging young girls to do? Dabble with it. See if you might like it, you know, and, and there are going to be those son who, um, you know, kind of like those young kids in a way who, um, if they weren't encouraged by parents and others to, uh, to pursue a transgender identity, they would never have gone that way. 
I mean, sure, maybe maybe this little girl was a tomboy or this little boy had some feminine characteristics when he's real small. But but if you're not encouraged to pursue that and you just let that play out, you know, 90 percent of those kids or more are going to um, are going to grow up and have a healthy understanding of their gender. But when you encourage uh, that sort of behavior and all of a sudden say, oh, no, no, that's who you are now. OK. Or that young teenage girl who went to a slumber party and she just kissed a girl and she liked it. And now her friends are telling her, look, you're a lesbian. Oh, I didn't know I was a lesbian. I kind of like boys, but I just tried that, you know, but it was kind of cool. I kind of like that. And, and, and so you're going to get people sadly who are going to get caught up in the transgender ideology or the L, just the whole LBGTQ ideology um, and, and practices. Um, and Yet there are people who are being changed by the grace of God, uh, who are no longer involved in fornication, no longer involved in adultery, no longer involved uh, living uh, in a lesbian, a gay uh, relationship, um, and, are, and are asking the Lord to, to help them say, no, I mean, that's, I don't know why I have that attraction, but I, I realize God doesn't want me to act on that. And, and the thing I would say to someone in that situation, son, is even if maybe you've struggled with it for years, um, look at the people. And there are um, a significant number of them who have said no to those desires because they say, I love Jesus so much, I don't want to do anything that would displease him. He died on the cross for my sins. Um, he said that I'm to take up my cross and follow him if I want to be one of his followers. And as, as much as a part of me would like to indulge in that, that, that gay or lesbian life or that life of fornication or that life of adultery, um, as much as there's a part of me that would want to do that out of my love for Jesus, that can no longer be an option for me. Um, I can't consider that to be an option. And what does the world say, son? It doesn't only say, uh, it not only says it's an option, it says you have to pursue that. And the world hates this message of, of, of people receiving any sort of counsel to, to leave that life behind. Now, like I say, the, the world doesn't seem too bothered if you're counseling somebody who wants to get out of adultery or somebody who wants to get out of fornication. But boy, if you want to get out of a gay uh, lifestyle, lesbian lifestyle, um, the world says, nope, that's off limits. Um, you can't, you can't counsel that. You can't, you can't talk to people about that because Satan has got people so hoodwinked into thinking that somehow um, we just have to we have to let that play out, and I'll tell you the way it's going to play out with any sin, be it envy, uh, lust, gossip, lying, stealing, sexual sin, um, it's only going to become a stronger addiction. It's only going to make your life more miserable, especially if you're wanting to live for God. Now, now you, you might be able to, to live for that thing and, and not suffer any consequences to, that you know of for a while. But you will not be able to have a healthy relationship with the Lord um, with deliberate sin. It doesn't mean you're a bigger sinner. It doesn't mean you're oh, you're a bad person because, you know, you have these desires. No, don't reject all of that thinking. But 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 just think about what the Bible says about your body, how how your body, if you're a believer in Jesus, is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and um, you know Christ gave His life on the cross. He purchased He purchased us with His blood. 
Now, if a person says, I don't want to be purchased by God, this is my body. It's, it's like those, it's my body, my choice. Forget the child that, uh, you know, is being created within me. It's my body, my choice. Similar thing with, with sexual sin. My body, my choice. I get to make the call. And, and, and that is just so completely opposite son of what Christianity is to be. And it doesn't mean, you know, we don't ever fall short. It doesn't mean Christians never struggle with adultery, fornication, or uh, gay same-sex attractions, let's say. Um, it doesn't mean that. But, but the minute you just throw in the towel and say, that now is my priority to give in to that, um, well, that's incompatible with Christianity. That's incompatible with being a follower of Christ. Uh, I'm not saying that there aren't some Christians who kind of somehow are able to manage for a while with, with uh, one foot in hell and one foot in heaven, okay? One foot with God and one foot with the world. I mean, I, I think, you know, because God is so patient with us. He's so patient with us. And, and when his children uh, start to just dive into the world, he still is like, like with the prodigal son. He's, he's wanting that one to come back, to come home to him. And, and I think God's looking for any and every way to keep us from just um, caving in on our relationship with him. But what will happen, though, son, is that the one who's continually giving into sin, they're either going to be miserable if their body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, they're going to be miserable until they repent and stop that stealing or lying or sexual sin. They're going to be miserable. Um, and if they're not miserable, then that's not a good indication that the Holy Spirit lives within them, which if that's the case, and they're not born again, saved, redeemed, justified, or forgiven, they're not yet in the family of God, they've not, they've not you know, repented and believed the good news. So um, thankfully, as Christians, the flow of the Spirit within us is, is flowing away from sin, leading us to be miserable if we're just giving in to sin. Um, and, and this makes Andy Stanley's comments all the more troubling, be, 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 because he's talking about people loving Jesus and serving, and they do far better than most of you. And it's like, wait a minute, Andy, Andy, um, you know, what are you talking about? Uh, you know, th th that is such a different message, Son, than what Christians around the world are preaching. And, you know, it's interesting because some of these mainline denominations that have gone liberal on this, um, some of these churches, for example, in Africa, you know, that are like partner churches with these mainline denominations, I'm thinking of one in particular, I mean, they, they, they were receiving hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars, maybe it was several million dollars a year from, from the ELCA, the largest Lutheran church body in America. Um, but then when the ELCA said, no, it's no longer sinful, you know, we're going to have, we're going to bless same sex marriages and relationships. We're not going to call it a sin anymore. Um, and they wanted this denomination in Africa to come along with them because they've been supporting them. And this denomination said, Hey, you know what? You can have your money. We're not going to sell our soul for, you know, $3 million or $3. I mean, you know, we're not going to change our message just so you'll help to subsidize our ministry. Um, you know, we'll, we're going to, we're going to preach. We're got so good for them, son. Um, they couldn't be bought off. They couldn't be bought off by those who decided to say, we know better than God. We know better than the Bible. Um, and what's interesting, and I've told this story before, son, but when that denomination was getting ready to vote and say it's no longer a sin, it was up in the Twin Cities. And uh, believe it or not, a tornado came through uh, Minneapolis, came through the Twin Cities as they were meeting at their convention. There's a church across the street from the uh, conference center, 
and the tornado uh, knocked the steeple off of the church. Before they voted that afternoon, that day, before they voted, and you, you might have thought, they just said, hmm, I wonder if God's trying to give us a sign here that maybe after thousands of years of, of homosexual behavior being just as sinful as adultery and fornication, maybe it's still just as sinful. We don't understand why people struggle with it, but maybe it's still just as sinful. Did they do that? No. They charged ahead. And that, no, we're going to vote. It's okay now. Oh, okay. So now we vote on what, you know, what, what, what sins or what's next? Stealing, lying, gossip, fornication. What is it? I mean, you know, what, what, what's, ne- what's next? But good for that, denom- good for that church body in Africa that said, hey guys, you know, uh, we hope you find, we hope you find your way back to God, but we're not taking this, we're not taking this ride with you. And if you think that, you know, $3 million is, is going to get us to start saying that this behavior is no longer sinful, you're out of your minds. And so they walked and, uh, and they pleased the Lord by doing that. So, um, but you know, we're in America and a lot of people here, um, they, they think they know better than the Bible on, on these sorts of issues, son. And, and, and sadly, Andy Stanley is, is just going right with the flow of the culture, right with the flow there on that issue. And hopefully he'll repent of what he said. Hopefully he'll, he'll say, guys, I, you know, what I really meant to, what I really should have said, what was that God loves us all and we want you to come to our church no matter what your temptations are. And if you're struggling with um, same sex attraction, we want you to know that, that you're just as welcome here as anybody. But we also want you to know that, that it still remains in the same category as adultery and fornication. Um, and, and I'm sorry if I confused you when, when, when I said that, you know, God told you no, when you cried out to him and, and that you love Jesus more than, you know, the rest of the people in the church. I'm sorry if I confused you when I said that, I mean, that's what he needs to do. Um, because this pandering, you know, to a group of people on an issue that the Bible clearly addresses. Uh, I mean, as you might expect, son, as you know, as I know, I mean, it, it, it got a lot of attention and a lot of people responded to it and, and rightly so. You know, when you say there's an increase of LGBT and other things like that in this world, I think it's because, you know, there's exposure to more influences that are saying it's okay. There's more exposure to people who are putting pressure on others to join them. It's kind of like back in the day, if you had like that hooligan type kid that wanted to break into the school on the weekends or get in trouble, he would try to recruit friends to go with him because he didn't want to do it on his own because nobody wants to get in trouble on their own or be a part, you know, be alone when they're doing their mischief. And I think that mentality is still around today, but from the standpoint of the acceptance People want whatever it is to be accepted, whether it's they're living a lifestyle, they want to be accepted, whether it's in their circle of friends, they want to be accepted. For example, you know, recently over the last couple of years with the political nature of our country, you know, we're talking about things that are like, you know, pro-abortion. In fact, during the State of the Union, I think there were some politicians that wrote uh, war abortion uh, pins to uh, Capitol Hill. Then you have the you know social social justice warrior type mentality. Okay, you have infanticide. You have you know a sexual agenda that we've been talking about uh, exploiting and sexualizing kids. You know, um, and so you have all this that's out there in the political world, and everybody's political now. And I've known many Christians that have sided with the world on some of these issues. And I remember reading something uh, from Tim Keller who came out. 
And he was basically saying that, you know, you know, Christians have a conscience and they can, you know, talk about their conscience and it's not right for anybody to say no Christian can vote for this or no, or every Christian must vote for that, you know, unless there was a biblical man, uh, command to it. And people will point to the Bible about certain things like abortion and say, oh, it doesn't talk about abortion. Well, it might not talk about it specifically, but there are things in there. Uh, it might not talk about, you know, homosexuality, but Sodom and Gomorrah is pretty evident as to what God thought about that topic. Um, mm-hmm. But yet they want to be accepted by their friends because their church is in this woke culture that they will side. And I remember having this conversation with somebody who, you know, has written like, you know, a book and things about Christianity siding with the world. And I asked, simply asked the question, what would be more effective as a Christian to be out marching in the streets and being associated with that or a thousand people, a thousand Christians on our knees praying? What would be more effective? And she couldn't answer it. She couldn't answer that question. And to me, it was, it was obvious. Prayer will move mountains. Marching in the street just burns down buildings, um, at least during the summer of 2020 in various places. And these, but her, one of her um, reasonings were because her friends were that way. Because then we had a conversation, and this is when we kind of stopped hanging out uh, or associating, was uh, because the things that I said were so different that her friends were, like, getting mad at her because she wouldn't, you know, speak out against me um, or call me out on certain, you know, Christian topics that we talk about. And my my position has always been strictly biblical. I don't bring my own opinions into it. Um, and yet that's why she said, you know, our conversation, how wrong it was in all these areas. And I'm like, but, dude, lady, you are the one that is literally talking about uh, compromising your Christian principles for worldly desires or worldly acceptance. Um, and I'm strictly just quoting scripture. Um, and so anyways, but acceptance is a big part of what I think a lot of people want. So they will, they will sit there and they will literally, uh, compromise their Christian beliefs in order for acceptance by friends and stuff, because that's what they want. That's what they crave. I think more than, and then the other thing too, if I may, I think it's more people, people ask me, hey, uh, son, who, is there anybody that, you know, you recommend for Bible study, uh, like, you know, for a Bible study series? Where I'm like, yeah, the Bible. I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not one that will sit there and promote anybody's, you know, hey, listen to this person's, you know, um, Bible study series. Or, you know, like Beth Moore was huge in women's ministries. I'm like, dude, why would you even want to listen to Beth Moore or follow her? Um, but, but people will follow other people's things, Bible studies and devotions and get into groups that go over these things instead of the Bible. And now all you're doing is just believing and accepting whatever this author of this Bible study is. And you're not really checking it with the Bible. And it's like, okay, so Beth Moore says this, therefore it must be okay. Andy Stanley says this, therefore it must be okay. Uh, this person says this, there it must be okay. And they don't check it with the Bible. And so what you're doing is they're missing out because things get skewered and then the telephone situation comes in where it starts with one word or one sentence and by the time you get done, 20 people later, it is completely bastardized into something different and that's where we sit in society. So much going on that people are compromising what they believe and their faith because they want to be accepted and have friends instead of walk the lonely path. I mean, Jesus had 12. The inner circle were 12 and sure, he walked with others. But when it came down to it, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane by himself, you know, and he was pretty much walking this place alone because 
he was so radically different than the world. And I think that's the times we're in where the world is so radically different from what a Christian should be doing and following that uh, compromise is a huge problem for acceptance so that we can remain in this world and be relevant and have friends and do all that. And people don't want to walk this world alone. Yeah, that, that is so true, son. Uh, you know, the, the peer pressure that people feel um, leads many to cave on issues like this. Um, a low view of Scripture is, is really at the root of the problem, uh, because if you're not committed to Scripture, um, then, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to find it quite easy to cave to peer pressure. Um, oh, well, yeah, maybe you realize that the Bible has never taught that. Christianity's never taught that. Uh, it was never taught in the Old Testament or in, now in the last 2000 years. But if this is what a lot of your friends are saying, you know, you want to be liked. Um, and one other thing I'll add to that, that's very similar to this very issue, son. And that is, um, there are pastors like Andy Stanley who decide that, you know, we're going to be able to attract, hopefully, um, a good number of people that would not be interested if, if we, kind of shape the message around, um, you know, what the culture is saying today on this issue. And I'll never forget, you know, a person could look it up on YouTube. If you were to Google, um, you know, what did Andy Stanley say uh, wrecked him? Um, there's a YouTube video of Andy Stanley back in like 2000, I don't know, maybe 14, 16, 10, 2000, somewhere, you know, and um, he, 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 is actually they're having a conference at the church where he's a pastor, North Point, there in Atlanta, and he's so he's speaking to these other you know these, this group of church leaders, and basically telling them the story of what wrecked him, uh, and of course he means it in a good way, and 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 so Andy tells a story, son, of how you know he was serving in the church where his dad's been a pastor for for decades, Dr. Charles Stanley, who um, you know has faithfully preached the Bible, it has, has never come close to caving on, on, you know, cultural issues like this. Uh, but anyway, um, he was serving as a youth pastor, youth leader, and there were about 200 young people that he was ministering to. But he went to this conference at Willow Creek Community Church, where Bill Hybels was the pastor in Chicago, and he was blown away by how large it was, by how many people they were reaching. Um, I mean, it, it expanded his thinking, and he seemed to be very seduced by it. And, and hey, I've been a pastor for almost 33 years. I mean, I, I know, like, like most pastors know, it is seductive um, to, to, to see churches that are reaching not just hundreds, but thousands of people. And, and you think, man, I'd like to reach that many people for Christ. So, so I totally get it. I mean, why that's so seductive, but, but Andy Stanley describes, um, how that wrecked him and what he basically meant son is that it really changed the way he did ministry. Uh, whereas he had been feeding the sheep, now, these are my words, but I mean, I think they reflect basically what he, he would say. He had been feeding the sheep, um, but he realized, you know, there's a way to draw in a lot more people. And, and if we kind of change our approach. And so what we've heard now for two or three decades is, you know, we need to be seeker driven. And, and, you know, let's face it, so some churches are as much evangelistic rally on Sunday morning as they are, um, you know, really just expository Bible preaching, okay? Um, 
And, uh, you know, there, there's a place for a lot of these things. And I think there's a place even on Sunday morning to, to try to reach the loss for sure. I mean, I've always tried to do that big time. But, but I think what happened with Andy Stanley is I think he became, um, he fell in love with this idea that, that we can, we can start to change things in a way that will appeal to the world and they'll come in. And we're going to really be able to explode in numbers. And I think that's what Andy Stanley meant when he said it wrecked him by going up to Willow Creek. It wrecked him. Uh, meaning, um, and of course he was trying to convince everybody now who's at his conference. It's like he was at Bill Heibel's conference. He's trying to convince them that, you know, Hey, um, this, this may not seem like the way you've always done it. Um, I used to think the same thing, but now look at me, look at our church. So, um, you know, the, the message there is let this wreck you, let this wreck your way of doing ministry. And, 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 and the danger becomes then son, you, you become so infatuated with numbers, so infatuated with growth that you are tempted. You are tempted to alter the message that the culture will find acceptable um, as long as they attend. You know, that, that becomes like the highest goal. We just have to get them here. Rather than the highest goal being, um, you know, preach the gospel, preach the word, make disciples, win the lost. Uh, and not to say that Andy Stanley hasn't had um, any of that focus for the last 10, 15 years. But there's obviously been a real slide, a gradual slide away from the ministry, the type of ministry that his dad has done, that, that most Christian or, you know, fewer today, but, but, you know, at least historically, most Christian churches have done um, a slide away from that and, and, and a slide away from, from Bible preaching and teaching. In fact, I mean, you, you listen to some of the things he says about the Bible in the last few years. It's pretty shocking. You know, it's like, well, you know, uh, you know, you don't, I, I don't believe in this because the Bible says so, you know, I, I just believe in it because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. I mean, so, okay, great. You know, some people call that gospel reductionism, you know, where it's like, it, it only comes down to the gospel and, and, and where we would agree with that is we would say, well, yes, that's true in terms of getting saved, but read the new Testament, read Paul's epistles. Um, I mean, read, read these passages that Andy Stanley, as he was pandering to people, said, these are clobber verses. I know what they say, but, you know, ignore those, essentially. Wait a minute, Andy. You know, you can't, if you want to have a Bible-based ministry, go for it. But, it, but if you don't, um, those aren't the only clobber verses in the New Testament. Because, because those who gossip get clobbered, those who lie get clobbered, those who fornicate get clobbered. Uh, those who hold grudges get clobbered. I mean, you know, if you want to call it. so, so don't just pander to one group of people. Um, and then, and then come right out and say that people who are dealing with this issue have much stronger faith than the rest of you do. I mean, that, that's, uh, you know, you probably won't find a, a better example of pandering, um, than that, but that seems to be the logical outcome for some people. Now, not all people, I'm not suggesting son that everybody who went to a Bill Hybels, a conference or even anybody who's gone to an Andy Stanley conference, they're going to go home and, and, and start saying, well, here's something that we can just take off the sin list, you know, the way Andy seems to, uh, I'm not saying they're all doing that, but there is that temptation when pragmatism, uh, 
um, when church numbers, when when um, worldly success in that sense, bigger, 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 because in America, don't, you know, bigger is better always. I mean, look at Joel Osteen. I mean, that's that's the best, right? I mean, that's the largest church, right? And then you look at the message and you say, well, that doesn't really sound like, you know, really just about any Bible preacher I've heard, you know, who maybe tacks on a, a, a you know, a 10 second prayer at the end about, you know, receiving Jesus after just giving, you know, self-help the whole time. Um, and again, I, I'm not condemning him. I'm just saying that is not, um, that's not the message of the Bible. Uh, the message of the Bible is to preach the word. Now, I, I will say this, since I mentioned Joel Osteen, I have to say this at least, you know. So when he was confronted on this issue by Oprah and maybe one or two other people, I mean, he did to his credit. He, he did say that uh, homosexual behavior is, is sinful. So I think that surprised a lot of people, and I'm sure uh, no one more than Oprah. Who, because I think, you know, she loves Joel Osteen, um, because many have said that is Christianity light, what, what he, and that's even being generous. I mean, you know, there's very little, if any, talk about sin, it seems. Um, but when he was pressed on the issue, and I think more than once, he did say that. Now, it would be interesting. What would Andy Stanley say today if he was pressed on that? Um, he might say the same thing Joel Osteen said. I don't know. But his words sure didn't convey that at all. It conveyed kind of the opposite of that. Um, so I think that's some of the pathology of how you get to where he's at with his low view of the scripture, with his pandering to um, a group of people who are struggling with saying, well, when I say struggling, I mean, they're, they're experiencing same-sex attraction. Uh, I mean, some of them wouldn't feel like they're struggling at all. They're, they're pursuing it. And, 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 and they probably feel like Andy's telling us it's okay because we, we, we love, we volunteer more than the rest of the congregation, according to Andy. So I, I, you know, he certainly isn't telling us that we should say no to this desire. I mean, I didn't hear that. Um, you know, I don't know if any Christian heard that. So I think that's some of the pathology of how he seems to have gotten, you know, so far from like the type of ministry his dad has had. And um, just like with Amy Grant, you know, hosting that, that, that gay wedding in the name of love of her niece. Um, you know, a lot of people I think are praying for Andy and, and Amy and saying, Lord, show them that you're not helping someone get closer to God by doing these things. Um, you're, you're, you're just giving people reasons to think, well, look, this, this prominent Christian um, says it's okay, so it must be okay with God. And and that's that's very unfortunate, very tragic. Um, you know, you know, son. It's like I was listening yesterday to a uh, uh, a podcast of a woman who used to be so deep into the new age, and she would invent these angel cards um, and create them, and they would sell them. And it was all about like praying to angels and all this stuff that would like get get people um, opening up doors to really to demonic activity in their life. But anyway, um, she and then this other lady who was doing the podcast, they both have come out of the new age. Um, they both were saved out of that. Um, but, but the one lady was just lamenting and regretting. She said, she just, Oh, it just tears her up to think that like, I think in, in some other countries, I don't know if you mentioned Japan or where it was that there are some people who've like, um, bootlegged, like, some of this stuff, they're still selling her cards. Now she's not making any money, nor would she keep any on it, but they're still selling her cards. But she thinks about people who maybe are in hell today because they bought her cards, uh, encouraging people to pray to angels, pray to angels. 
Um, and, uh, and so, um, I, I, I hope that Andy Stanley and Amy Grant will one day look back at this and say, Lord, please deliver anybody who became even more ensnared in same sex attraction and, and gay behavior, uh, because of my words. Lord, and hopefully they'll get, they'll get to that because nobody wants to be unpopular. I mean, we don't, but, but you know what? Jesus said, you're not going to be popular with a lot of people. You have to choose. You're just you're simply going to have to choose. You need to take up the cross and follow me. Uh, the Bible says if anyone uh, wants to live a godly life in, in, in Christ, he, he will be persecuted. You, you can either, you know, do that and go against the current of the culture, or you can pander to the culture and 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 placate and um, try to just tell people what they want to hear and tell them that oh no you know that's that's no longer a sin um, and meanwhile destroy their soul uh, in the process so that's the decision that you know Andy Stanley and Amy Grant will have to make now I'm not saying that they don't love people but what they need to understand is that biblical love I mean they they have emotional affections for people is what I'm saying but biblical love is 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 uh like what you see in uh, proverbs 27 5 better is open rebuke than hidden love there's no such thing son in the bible as love that encourages sin the, the, that's those are not those things are so far apart in the bible that's not christian love to encourage somebody to sin so you have to be deceived yourself into thinking it's no longer sinful um, which apparently, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what Andy and, and uh, Amy Grant think. I mean, I, I think Joel Osteen would, would say it's still sin. But um, anyway, um, uh, yeah, I just said all that just to go along with your point about peer pressure. Uh, people cave into that uh, to hop on the world's agenda. And I think once Andy Stanley made that trip to Chicago, he said it wrecked him, and he came back. And, and you know, uh, feeding those 200 youth the word of God just didn't quite have the same appeal to him. Um, now we have to, you know, really open things up and, and really do whatever we can to get as many people in here as possible. And for what though? Get them in here for what? Well, we see for what, you know, a new message and one that, that troubles, um, you know, the Christians who know what, what the Bible says. Yeah. Dan, I was a part of one of those kind of Bill Hybels, uh, churches somebody came in and started to uh implement those things in a church that i went to when i was in uh high school and early college and uh, i ended up leaving um but that's a story for another time um as we wrap things up you know again it comes down to this uh and this is something that uh billy graham had to say the bible says there's a day coming when god will shake the heavens and the earth it will be a day of salvation for those who know christ It'll be a day of judgment for those who don't know him. Are you prepared? That's what it comes down to. Are we prepared? Someday Jesus is coming back. And when he does, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And we can, we've talked about it many times on this podcast, we can spend eternity in paradise or we can spend eternity in eternal damnation. But what it comes mm-hmm. down to is, as we talk about compromise on this show and, and, and through this conversation, it comes down to, are we going to compromise or are we going to stand up? Um, you know, there's times where we're, we're obviously we're not perfect, so we will sin. We will fall short of the glory of God. But we know that we can have forgiveness of sin and salvation through Jesus, who died on the cross, was uh, raised again, shed his blood for the forgiveness of sin. But it's like, what are we going to do? Are we going to sell out our future, our eternity, for 
for the here and now in this corruptible world that's going to be destroyed at some point? Or are we going to be ready, be prepared for that time when Jesus comes back? And that's what it comes down to. That is the basic thing. And so I would just challenge people, you know, day to day, you know, realize you're not perfect. You're going to sin. Don't beat yourself up over it. Truly, you know, be sorry for it. But, you know, it's going to happen because I know there's some people that beat themselves up over the fact that they sin. The Bible says you're going to. But just know that there is forgiveness of sin and that we need to put our faith in Jesus. We need to put our faith in the Bible. We need to make sure that we're reading it so that, as Billy Graham just said there, on that day when Christ returns, we are prepared and we are ready. Yeah, I think that's very well said, Son. I think that's a great place to uh, maybe leave it today. And um, I love that. I love that uh, quote and that message there from Billy Graham. Uh, you know, Billy's preaching what the apostles preached, and um, you know, the message of repentance and forgiveness of sins through Jesus' death on the cross for us and His resurrection. That's been the, the Christian message for 2,000 years, and uh, we're only hurting people if we get away from that message, and then we start to say, well, certain things are no longer sinful, um, you know, in, in our in our misguided efforts to, to have more people like us and, and come into our gatherings. Dan Dozell with us, as always. Dan, we appreciate your time, and uh, thank you for your insight, and we look forward to uh, many more conversations. I sure do as well, son. Thank you for attacking this today. And it was just great as always to, to visit with you about it. This is Sanctified Reason podcast. You can check out our uh, website, radiowarp.com. That's radio, W-A-R-P, radiowarp.com. Click on the Sanctified Reason podcast logo and our shows will pop up. Uh, you can also email the show with any questions, comments, uh, pushback, whatever, and we will respond. It's sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com sanctified reason podcast at gmail.com so with that we'd like to say thanks for listening do tell a friend and until next time god bless